Hi there. It's Pastor Paul here on a Tuesday morning. It is April 6th, 2021. So glad that you've decided to join us. If you're new, what we do is take 10 or 15 minutes every weekday morning and we walk through a portion of God's Word. What did it mean then? What does it mean now to us? And for these last, maybe since the beginning of the year, we've been in the book of Exodus, which was a great follow-up, we thought, to our preaching series here at Four Oaks on Sunday mornings through the book of Genesis. So we've just picked right up. And we are actually more than halfway through, maybe about two-thirds two of the way uh, through, and we're up to Exodus 27, which we're going to look at this morning. Now, as I've said before, when we get to these sections of the Old Testament, particularly what you kind of find between Exodus 20 and Exodus 30, somewhere around in there, um, we, we, when we get to these places in our Bible reading plans, our eyes can kind of glaze over and we can be reading all sorts of things about uh, priestly garments and uh muzzles on oxes and blood and sacrifice and um, a whole host of other things that just seem really bizarre in culturally today. But as we've talked about, we want to be um, reading these things Christologically or with Jesus at the center. And when we do that, these texts come alive. So for example, yesterday we talked about this idea that um, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, which was what the Israelites set up and took down whenever they would travel around. And it was, it, was, it was this idea that God was dwelling amidst his people that, yes, we no longer have a tabernacle, a tent made with hands where God dwells, um, because Jesus is our tabernacle, right? He's our tent of meeting, as we saw in John chapter 1. In fact, it's the same word. And when we think about um, these things with Jesus at the center, then they come alive, right? And we see the relevance of how everything in the Old Testament was pointing to preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. Now, here in Exodus 27, we're going to start talking about um, some of the accoutrements of the tabernacle, okay? Um, what went inside of it or what went around it. And, um, and, We've, we've seen sort of the first two divisions of this place, okay, which was uh, inside the temple, which was the Holy of Holies, the, 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 uh, the distant room, the far room, and then the, the room that was, that was closer in, which was where, so, so, so I'm sorry, the Holy of Holies was where the Ark of the Covenant was, and then this room that was next to the Holy of Holies um, was where the bread of presence was, where um, um, the the priests would set out the feast of God. And again, this whole idea that we want to be paying attention to where God lives and is and where he dwells and what sort of uh, furniture he has in the house. And again, symbolically pointing us to this idea that God has now made his home in the midst of his people. So, so here we come to Exodus 27, and we're going to look at verses from verse 9 through the end of the chapter. And this is going to be talking about um, from the perspective of an outsider or from a perspective of someone who is not a priest, okay, who would be coming to the tabernacle to offer their offerings um, and sacrifices and what this experience was like for them and, and how, were, how were they to view what was happening uh, within the tabernacle itself. And it's going to tell us some very important things, I think, 
about um, our relationship with God now and how that's changed with the coming of Christ. Okay, so Exodus 27, let's start at verse 9. It says, You shall make the court of the tabernacle. On the south side of the court shall have hangings of fine twined linen, a hundred cubits long for one side. Its twenty pillars and their twenty bases shall be of bronze, with the hooks of the pillars and their, uh, I guess that's fillet, shall be of silver. And likewise for its length on the north side, there shall be hangings a hundred cubits long, its pillars twenty and thirty bases of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillet shall be, um, and again, can I just stop here? I think I'm mispronouncing it, okay? And so fillets, I believe, is the way, not fillets. Anyway, uh, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets shall be of silver. And for the breadth of the court on the west side, there shall be hangings for 50 cubits with 10 pillars and 10 bases. The breadth in the, on the, of the court on the front of the east shall be 50 cubits. The hangings for the one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits with their three pillars and three bases. On the other side, the hanging shall be 15 cubits with their three pillars and three bases. For the gate of the court, there shall be a screen 20 cubits long of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen embroidered with needlework. It shall have four pillars and with them four bases. All the pillars around the court shall be uh, filleted with silver. Their hooks shall be of silver and their bases of bronze. The length of the court shall be 100, 100 cubits, the breadth 50, and the height 5 cubits with hangings of fine twine linen and bases of brawn. All the utensils of the tabernacle for every use and all its pegs and all the pegs of the court shall be of bronze. You shall command the people of Israel that they bring to you pure beaten olive oil for the light, that a lamp may regularly be set up to burn. In the tent of meeting outside the veil that is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to be observed throughout their generations by the people of Israel. Now, let me try to explain what's happening here, okay? So, so this court of the tabernacle we're talking about was certainly part of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, but not the inner part. It was the outer part, okay? So remember, only the priests, okay, and the priesthood, the Levites, were allowed to go into the tabernacle, into the house of the Lord. And again, there were two rooms. The upper room, um, which was, they would tend to daily, okay, which had the, the lamp and the oil in it, the, the bread of the presence, all those sort of the furnishings of the house. And then there was the back room, which of course was the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was housed, they the high priest would go in there one time a year, okay? But this court, which was considered a part of the tabernacle, but not the interior part, the outer part, was where the people could come. This is where they came to offer their sacrifices. This is where they came to burn incense. This is where they came to, to make their um, offerings. And you can imagine um, what this was like when you think about two million people and there would probably they would worship by household and they would come in one after another after another and this would go on all day every day okay um but the court of the tabernacle okay was where the people were allowed to be okay but they weren't allowed to go into the tabernacle only the priesthood if that makes sense so imagine for a second when someone new um, moves on the block okay and you go over to their house and um, you knock on their door 
and they let you into the foyer, okay? Or they open the door so that you can see into the house, okay? So in some way, you've gained some access to the house, but you haven't gone in and made yourself at home, right? Um, that is for the more intimate of the family or the family members themselves. Well, this is what essentially you have. The court of the tabernacle was kind of like the foyer. It was, it was the place where um, people were welcomed, okay, into the household of God. They were greeted at the front door. They were given sacrifices. They, they gave sacrifices that allowed them um, to converse with the owner of the house, God, so to speak. But they weren't allowed in the inner sanctum. They weren't allowed back in the bedroom or back in the living quarters. That was, for, again, for the more intimates. And so um, that's a good way of explaining, I think, how we would feel as a guest coming into a home, knowing that we are welcome, but yet there's still a boundary, right? Knowing that we're welcome, but there's still this, um, there, there's still this sense that we're not part of the inner ring, the inner circle. We don't know. We don't know the owner well enough to do that yet. Um, and that's very much, okay, the way the people of God felt, right? That it was very clear they were not going to have a face-to-face -face meeting with God apart from the priesthood, apart from Aaron, apart from the Levites who were the mediators for them. They could go into, okay, this court of the tabernacle, which Gentiles were not allowed to go into, by the way, um, which was a great privilege, but they weren't allowed access into the intimate parts of the house. And in fact, um, sometimes the way, and we, we could see how this would happen, um, the curtain might be pulled back where you got a glimpse from the courtyard into the temple area, into where the bread of presence was, into where um, um, the the furniture of the house was but you couldn't go in right you could only observe from a distance and so this ver these verses 20 through um the end of the chapter talk about the oil for the lamp so there was a lamp burning inside the the temp the tent right and it would be one of these things where again people could see the light burning okay they could see the priests moving but they knew they couldn't go in there they were welcome but not fully welcome Kind of like you and I would feel, again, if we're a guest in a house or we're standing there in the foyer or we drive by somebody's house, we're able to take a glance into uh, what's happening inside and the light and uh, you can see people moving around. And again, this was to remind the people that their, um, their interaction with God was a mediated interaction right through another human being they couldn't see god be with in god's house face to face um they could they, they, they were they were going to feel a little like strangers or like guests well it doesn't take um a great theologian to to note here how this is now changed right because jesus is our tabernacle we are no longer simply in the court right we're in his very presence face to face and not only that but not only are we face to face with Jesus, but Jesus actually now lives within us. We're, as much as he's the tabernacle, we're now also personally the temple of God, okay? the temple of the Holy Spirit as his people. And so because Jesus has come, we no longer need to have a mediated presence with God. He is that presence for us, right? We, don't, we no longer need a human, okay, 
mediator. Jesus is the ultimate mediator. We no longer need all the furnishings and the fixings. We are no longer a guest. Guess what? We are now sons and daughters who've been welcomed into his presence. We now get to go into the inner sanctum of the house, right? We now get to make ourselves at home and God has made his home in us. When Jesus died on the cross, what happened to that veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the outer room? It was split in two. So you see all of this imagery, okay, and realize that this oil that was burning in this lamp, okay, to symbolize the presence of God now burns within you, now shines within you through the power of the Holy Spirit. We no longer have to stay in the court, okay? We now get to come into the very presence of God. And um, this is all possible, right? Because of the mediation of the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And tomorrow, when we look at Exodus 28 and talk about the priest and the, the garments that were given to the priests and how the priests were set apart, we're going to see what a central part of the Old Testament uh, sacrificial and worship system the priests played and how that is um, now fulfilled perfectly in Jesus. But we'll save that to tomorrow. But now just remember what it was like to be an Israelite, to look out from the outer court into the inner sanctuary where you weren't allowed to go. You knew there was great stuff happening in there, um, but you didn't get to really be a part of it. You could only observe. Now um, we get a front row seat. Now we are part of the show, right? Now we are part of the story because of Jesus. What an amazing thing. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you that we are no longer strangers or just guests in your house. Lord, we are now family. You have now welcomed us in. You dwell with us, in us, and we with you. And this is only possible because of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. See you Saturday.